to the Upfronters podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Ben. And this week, Benjamin. <laughs> I'm excited. Are you excited? Because it's the been people a while have asked for this for one. It. They've demanded it. We couldn't watch it because it wasn't in Australia for so freaking long, mm. but it came out in theaters because we, we were trying to work out like a way to do this month's theme that would be spooky and horror. So we're just going to call it horror. It's not horror themed. Uh, but it's yeah, the this is this is the, well, this the is theme about, for this month is horror. Yeah, and this this film is about the horror of growing up. Because <laughs> this week we are talking about the horror of eighth grade by Bo Burnham. <laughs> so we like this is so. Let me just preface this episode by saying yeah. that I enjoyed this film. This is what Edge of Seventeen Shev- should have been. Yeah, this was Ben's expectation of um, that flick, I think. Yeah, like this is just everything that Edge of Seventeen should have been. Yeah, uh, but done better because it's Bo Burnham and he actually understands. He's got his shit together. He understands. He understands. Yeah. Welcome to welcome to the AFA. episode where we talk about Bob Burnham again. Yeah. You're fucking welcome. People have been chomping at the bit for this. So I will say, uh, before we get before we get into the recap, um, I want to get your initial thoughts. But mm. uh, Eighth Grade is a 2018 American comedy drama written and directed by comedian Bob Burnham. Uh, there will be a playlist at some point going up this week with all of our Bo Burnham related content. We did one for we Bojack have more than week. like three now. It's so a lot. Now it's a series. Oh no, I've done like video essays and stuff oh, as well. Yeah. So it's going to be including a bunch. those. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. What was your initial? So like you 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 enjoyed it a lot as you were yeah. saying. Um, so much better than Edge of Seventeen. I agree. I think they just. I don't know what it what it is, but I think they they really nailed just the um the melancholy aspect of. Of being in high school. Well, because this is weird, because this is specifically US where they have middle school, which is that. Yeah. And they're, they're actually, I, I think, are they starting to do that in Australia? Well, they're not doing middle school, but they've moved they've seventh moved grade seventh to high into school. high school, which I think is a horrible idea. For context, seventh grade, you're 14? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad idea. They yeah. should have gone the other so, way. So, yeah, they should, yeah, should have gone the other way. Yeah, we don't have middle school. Uh, New Zealand has middle school. Mm-hmm. I was nearly in middle school in New Zealand. Um, But, yeah, like, so from, like, that perspective, it's a bit different because you don't have that weird school kind where of. it's just nothing but hormones. Yeah. They kind of spread a- the... In Australia, the hormones get spread across the end of primary school and the start of high school. Which is good because it's, like, a dispersion. Which is probably good because it means you, you kind of separate it out a bit. You don't get the weird young people hanging with the weird old people. You just have just the weird young people and just the weird old people. <laughs> Which one you, you keep them like separate. That, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, it's really what you want. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, culturally, it's just not... It's not the same as Edge of Seventeen, no. which is explicitly high school. But I also but... think it, I think it nails the social media stuff a bit in a different oh, way that's, than that's Edge of Seventeen. Different, which we'll that's, touch on. That's another thing. But I think like the the way like the whole school is presented as like almost like a Ferris Bueller kind of thing, mm-hmm. where like everything's just just a little more extreme than you remember it. But it was probably like I that mean, when you were actually there because that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's yeah. what it feels like. Um, okay, let's get the recap underway, and then we can talk about the themes and kind of what we thought this film did really well. Uh, so, we join Kayla Day during her last week of eighth grade in a New York public high school. She posts motivational videos that coach about self-image and confidence in her free time, but they receive little to no views. On YouTube, specifically on YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. Kayla wins the most quiet award at school from her <laughs> classmates, confirming and redoubling her anxieties about her inability to make friends. Mark, Kayla's dad, does his best to offer Kayla advice and break her reliance on social media and external validation, but it's a constant struggle and he fails to connect more often than not. Because of Mark's actions, Kayla gets unintentionally invited to a pool party by her classmate, Kennedy's mother. 
Kayla decides to go to the party after a pep talk from her dad. On arrival, Kayla has a panic attack in the bathroom, but eventually joins the party, meeting Gabe, Kennedy's weird cousin. <laughs> later, when Kayla begin when later when Kayla is begging Mark to pick her up, Kayla has an awkward encounter with her crush Aiden, who suggests Kayla should come join the group. Kayla returns to the party and sings karaoke, feeling elated and glad of her own self-confidence. Later, Kayla overhears that Aiden broke up with his previous girlfriend because he refused to send nude photos. She refused to send nude photos. With you his, said he. Uh, because she refused to send nude photos. Yeah. So awkward, it, like, it wouldn't be arthritis if I didn't fuck up the recap. Yeah. Uh, so Kayla awkwardly brings up that she has dirty photo, a dirty photos folder on her phone during a class shooting drill. Which is the most American thing <laughs> yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. um, Aiden asks if she gives blowjobs, and after lying and saying yes, Kayla goes home to do some research on how to give them, and is utterly horrified. <laughs> Nearly at the end of the week, Kayla attends a high school shadow program where she spends the day with Olivia, a friendly 12th grader. Olivia and Kayla hit it off immediately, and Olivia asks her to hang out with her at the mall. They have a great time, and while everyone is bantering, Kayla spots her father Mark in the distance. Mortified, she confronts him and demands he leave. Mark admits he's just weird and doesn't know what he's doing. Kayla agrees, and- uh, sorry, Mark agrees to leave, and Kayla says she'll get her left home with her friends. She does, from Riley. After Riley drops off Olivia, he pulls the car over during the ride home and initiates an uncomfortable game of truth or dare, asking about sexual experience and taking off his shirt. Riley then asks Kayla to take off her shirt, but she refuses. Uncomfortable, Riley explains he was just trying to help Kayla ex- get experience with a good guy instead of some douchebag. <laughs> Kayla returns home and breaks <laughs> down, where Mark does his best to console her. In the wake of this- God, this is a fucking harrowing film. I know, film. yeah. In the wake of this, Kayla makes a video announcing she is unfit to give advice- and will stop making videos as a result. That night, Kayla finally takes out a USB stick from a from her sixth grade time capsule she made for herself and watches the video. Her younger self asks her about friends, love life, and confirms to current day Kayla her deep anxiety that she may never fit in, may never fit in, and may never have friends. Kayla asks Mark to help her burn the box, and without too much information, Mark agrees. Kayla does her best to open up to her father and asks if having her as a daughter makes him sad. Mark explains how proud he is and how complicated loving a child can be. And then I cried. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's got a distant father figure, yo. You know this is my shit. At graduation, Kayla confronts Kennedy for ignoring her thank you letter and admonishes her for being fake and shitty. Later, Kayla has a regular friend hang out with Gabe, where they connect over chicken nuggets and Rick and Morty. Oh, God, that that caught me way off guard. The Rick and Morty? Oh, I lost my shit. Your fault we were going to go one week without Rick and Morty. You were fucking wrong. Oh, is this another episode where we haven't? No, I'm not. Yet? I'm not mentioning Rick and right. Morty. It's just in the yeah. summary, but we can't. Apparently, we can't do a week of this podcast without saying yeah. the words out loud. Kayla records a final video for a new time capsule, where she and Mark, uh, and then she and Mark buried in the backyard, seeming to connect a little more. Credits. I feel like wait, what wasn't if... there wasn't there more to this film? Uh, no. I feel like there was. I feel like there was just more to this film, but I think that's just that's... because there's a lot to this film. Well, it's it's only an hour and a half, but it's very like when you're in it, it's very cerebral and it's filmed kind of like a documentary, angle wise. So you feel uh, like yeah, you're kind of it's, in. It's almost filmed like a horror film in mm. some parts as well. Like there are some shots that are the tracking so, shot. In yeah, the pool party made me oh, so anxious. Yeah, that was that was rough a lot of this film just was like a deep anxiety yeah. of like, like i don't know how he did it but look we'll talk a bit about why and the kind of themes that he was touching on in just a second but there was a craft element of this film and the way that Bo has put together all of these elements that yeah like he clearly gets it like it, it taps into this like deep primal anxiety that that certain people feel I yeah mean, i guess we all feel in some well ways. even like the the soundtrack was hilarious the use of um uh, perturbator, p- p- perturbator. I don't know how to pronounce it. Nailed it. 
but uh, he's sort of like a synth wave art synth wave artist. Whenever she would look at uh, her crush, yes, it would like lock on it his does, face like, the, the, and play the movie that music. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's I thought cool that crush. was I thought that was hilarious because that's that's, so funny. that's like that's taking how it feels, the right. Yeah, well, that's like taking the whole like the the trope of like you know when it's like panning following their crush and like some music is playing just dials it up to 11 mm-hmm. it's just like he's just like this pounding music it's just very intense got, yeah <laughs> and then it snap cuts back to like dead silence yeah I, I i love that in the first scene where they're like looking at their boxes and stuff it's very fun um okay so the first topic that i wanted to bring up because i think it's like one of the it's it's the topic of the film, which is anxiety. Sure. Um, so this is a quote from Bo Burnham, uh, where someone was asking him like what made him feel the need to make this film, and he says, and I quote, "I wanted to talk about anxiety and what it feels like to be alive right now, and what it is to be unsure and nervous. That felt more like middle school than high school to me. I think the country and the culture is going through an eighth grade moment right now." End quote. Which is the pithiest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, <laughs> And the the thing that I contrast this film with, in the similar way that you talked about uh, Edge of Seventeen, I contrast this film with things like Eighth, uh, with sorry, with things like Mean Girls uh, and films of that era, where it's like it pits like click against click, whereas this this film pits like all against all on social media. Yeah, like I think the social media aspects of this film are like, a, there's there's parts of it which are very sort of like on the nose mm-hmm. and a bit like I don't know, almost like dystopian. You know, you see like the the scenes where they're all just staring at their phones, and like whenever she's that's talking to, life. well, I mean that's what real life is like. Like it's just every now and then you look up and everyone's staring at their phones, and like as much as <laughs> as much as I'm not gonna harp on and be like some kind of baby boomer like back in my day, mobile phones are bad. It's kind of it's kind of true, and like yeah. the the discussion that uh, Kayla has with uh, Olivia's friends, where they're asking her like, "What grade did you get Snapchat?" Like, I've had that discussion with people, but in regards to, like, you know, like, how old were you when you got MSN? Yeah, like, I remember that when we were kids. Yeah, it's it was like, like, I, you know, I got MSN in sixth yeah, grade. Yeah, like, like I got MySpace? Yeah, it's like, I got, yeah, I, yeah. I had MySpace in, like, eighth grade. I got Facebook yeah. in, like, ninth, tenth grade. It's like, that, but then it's like, what, like, when did you get Snapchat? And, like, that's just a whole other can of worms, because that's not, oh, you have to go home, go onto your parents' computer, do the dial-up the, the, thing. If they there pick was up the investment. phone, you get disconnected. Yeah. Or if it was MSN, you had to install the software. You'd install it. You had to log in. You boop like that it's, shit. It's, like it's more of a culture. I don't know. It's yeah. But now it's, it's with with smartphones. It's like I don't know, it's man. just it's Freaking just out. like it's completely different. Like I have I have no sort of connection to how no. kids are going to be handling this. I don't know. Even I like when even I, I just it. kind of like I don't understand. All well, of we it. we don't really do social media. Like. So. And especially the, like the 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 sentiment that like no one does Facebook anymore. It's like I I do fa- like I do Facebook. Oh, Am okay. I old? Yeah. It's all I do. Yeah, it, like I do Facebook. Well, and they that's all do it. Instagram now. Yeah. Um, okay. So I wanted to touch on that because I think that's interesting. The social media used to be, um, it was like a platform, right? But now it's become this like well, this is what the film seems to analogize it as is like everyone is competing to present the best self image to each other of themselves without realizing that they're doing that to, like, themselves when they go home. Like, they're trying to, like, show off to everyone that they're, like, doing well and they're fine. But really what they're doing is performing for themselves. And this comes back to a big theme of all of Bo's work, which is about performance. 
Um, in Make Happy, Bo says, and I quote, "It's about performing. I try to make my show about other things, but it always ends up it always ends up becoming about performing. I started performing very young as a teenager professionally. As a comedian, what you're supposed to do is talk about what you know, and what I always knew was performing. To talk about traffic or laundry would feel incredibly disingenuous, but I worried that making a show about performing would be too meta. It wouldn't be relatable to people who aren't performers. But what I found is that I don't think anyone isn't." They say it's the me generation. It's not. The arrogance is taught or it was cultivated. It's self-conscious. It's conscious of self. Social media is just the market's answer to a generation that demanded to perform. And the market said, here, perform everything to each other all the time for no reason. It's prison. It's horrific. It's performer and audience melded together. What do we want more at the end of the day to lie in our bed and just watch our life as a satisfied audience member? I know very little about anything. But what I do know is that if you can live your life without an audience, you should do it. End quote. And I, well, see you later, David. I'm going to go home and yeah, reevaluate my life. Fucking, but like that, you know, if you're looking for one quote that sums up the pathos of this whole film, it's this idea of performance as as a. It's not that performance is bad, because Bo Burnham clearly knows and understands and dissects throughout his work the difference between performing to an audience for a reason. So in his case, comedy, and he separates his personality and what's on stage, and like you know, he his his show is so. <laughs> stage to the second that none of mm. it's real up there yeah. um and i think that what he's analogizing with this film is that performance with social media where kids now are performing to each other all the time used to be like when we went home when we finished this is gonna fucking sound like <laughs> when we went home when we finished school you would log on to msn and you could talk to people but there was no requirement for you to perform all the time but now with social media and the amount that kids are interacting <laughs> with each other outside of school and snapchat and instagram and all like there is a that there is a requirement to always be performing and to be seen as like something else well, other like than the, you are. Well, I think it's the difference between like things like MSN, which are when you're talking to someone, you're just like talking to one person. Like the extent of your performance on MSN was how fancy your like fucking your like your name was and your like tag that you put under your name. Mm-hmm. You know, like did you have some crazy inspirational quote and some ridiculous font that you put up there? That was like the extent of it. Yeah, but with like Facebook and Twitter, it's just like you just have to kind of constantly scream into the void, and and like that, like because it's not directed at anyone, you kind of you're encouraged to just make it as you know as entertaining as possible, well, make it as or as likable, yeah, as likable as possible, as likable is like yeah, like you want people to look. at... I mean, there's that that what the thing that both says that I think taps into something that a lot of people do and that this is one of the reasons i don't do social media anymore is like that idea of what do we want more than to lie in bed at night and like look at look as like a satisfied customer and look at our life which you can do with social media it used to be you have to like recount your day and go did i have a good day but now you look at the performance that you made for other people and you say was my day good i got 30 likes on my post good day right but what you're actually evaluating is how well did you perform and then that performance becomes your value of self Right, which which is I think why this like the, the gap between that stuff is where the anxiety floods in, where it's like, well, my Snapchat or my I'm gonna sound like such an old fogey. I don't know how it works, but like this social media platform shows that I had a good day and I'm really confident. Like Kayla makes these videos to kind of talk herself into being successful, but she feels fraudulent because of the gap between what she's performing and how she feels inside. Whereas like I don't know, th- there's something to me that is fucking horrifying about that gap and that void, and it's only gonna get bigger for people like Kayla. Right, and that's something that this film seems to imply because you know she makes a video at the end. She doesn't really learn anything. Oh yeah, like the the whole film is very just like non, doesn't end well. No, the cycle just repeats. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, even like Kennedy and the other kids are creating this 
this environment on social media that ultimately makes Kayla feeling like, like, as I said before, it's everyone warring against each other. It's everyone kind of, you know, instead of in Mean Girls, where it's like the the plastics versus the emos versus the goths, it's like everybody is, it's a one-man island fist fight where it's like, it's just a scrap match. and it's a just PUBG battle royale. Yeah. Every kid for themselves. Fortnite mobile on the go. Right. And But it seems like the only reprieve from this is actual human connection. Like when she calls Olivia... She uses the fucking telephone to call her, and that's when she feels good about herself. And I just went, oh, shit. I forgot how good phone calls feel to connect with someone. Right. Like, to really connect on that level. And she's able to talk and, like, have a discussion. You know what I mean? How did you feel about Olivia's character? Because I've... I was waiting for her to turn around and make fun of her. Yeah, same. (laughs) They cast her perfectly. She had that vibe. I I don't know what it was, but she was, like... I think her her role was so well played because we we all know people like her, right? Like we've met people who are like her, and we know. And part of you is like, I know where this you're goes. Just you're, just, drop. you're just waiting for it, and but another part is just like, yeah, maybe this one will be fine, and maybe this will be alright. Yeah, and I think it's that that sort of because that's like the what, like it's probably like the start of the. F- Fourth act out of five. If we're sort um, of talking five act, I don't know. Yeah, I, well, that, that's the start of the third act. That's more like the end of the third. So that leads into the fourth act, which is right. Yeah. So the fourth act is just after the crisis with the fourth act is the crisis with Riley and yeah, car. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and like that, you know, at that point you're like, oh god, there's like there's like forty minutes left. Oh, oh no, yeah. here we go. But she's fine. Yeah, they just sort of let her go, which just ends up being just. Her shithead friend who was just, but and there's there's a, there's an element of like, they're twelfth graders, right? Um, she's yeah, they're like four years older. Yeah. And the the reason that I think the whole film feels believable is that Kayla has no control, right? Yeah. And when you're young and you think someone you like, and you meet someone you like or you think is better than you or cooler or more talented or more experienced, when they connect with you voluntarily. And they 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 give you praise and stuff. You, you do everything. Go, you just go along for the ride. You do like everything you can to not ruin that. Yeah. And it's not till you get older when you realize that like that's a really unhealthy way to approach things. And some some of the best decisions that you can make it's to sort of like let those people go and do their thing. But yeah. that anxiety of not knowing is what drives Kayla, and that shit made me so uncomfortable. Yeah, like the 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 expectation that Olivia was gonna do something. I like my guts. Like watching this film. By the way, the way that I watch this film is, uh, I was on the couch over there, wrapped in a blanket, oh, no. with a scotch, like just <laughs> not moving. I was like scrunched up into a ball watching this film. Oh no! It just tapped into all of the the kind of pain points that I had as a kid. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Fucking Jesus. Like it just really, it really like got to me. Uh. Yeah. When that scene with Mark, when he's when when they're at the fire and he's like trying to connect with her, and then he he. He says those things about her, and I was like, that was when I started crying, because I was like, man, it'd be nice if someone had fucking said that about me, and then I was like, wait, did they? And then I had, like, a fucking crisis of self, <laughs> and then I was just in tears, I was just a soggy mess by the end of it. <laughs> and she recorded the other video, and I was like, no, don't do it, no, and then I cried again, because, like, that 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 tapping into of that primal thing, whatever that is, right. just made, I don't know, man, it was fucking visceral. I, I it's It's because those themes are so simple, right? It's not... Like I said, like Edge of Seventeen is an example where like they try and make the the ability to text and stuff complicated by like oh she accidentally sends a message. Yeah, but this is just the existence of the thing itself is the point of the message about it. Yeah, there's no like there's no major plot point 
there, there's really no major plot point hanging on the social media. Nothing in the film. Yes, correct. Yeah, nothing in the film is caused by social media. It's just a social setting. media is just there, which is what but it is it's in real life. Always there. It's the- there in every single scene. Yeah, there's a there's a. Oh yeah, that's really weird. Like to think it's about. not like the no, that's not true. The only scene it isn't is at the campfire when they connect. True, but like which is like that's but again like that seems to be what the film is trying to say. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the other theme that I had that I've written down, which might be kind of a good one to wrap up with and kind of wrap all this in a bow with, um, is something that Bose talked about in the time since the film came out, which is this um, analogization of church and social media as both being a kind of religion. Um. In his stand-up comedy, <laughs> in his stand-up comedy, words, 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 Bo Burnham has a song called "Rant," where he contrasts mass, so like going to mass mm. in the Catholic Church, with Bo's love of music. Both have an element of mythology and fantasy and like escapism, um, and he basically suggests that one of them is hurting someone, and but like kind of maybe they both are, and it draws on how like this song. I'm talking about the song, not his work as a whole. Draws on how silly religion is objectively, where rather than praying for actual things that matter. Um, he suggests that people pray for dumb shit, like for their dog's eyesight to be fixed, right, which yeah. is an allusion to a song by Tim Minchin called "Thank You God." But this idea has matured much further, and in- whether intentional or not, it it's a direct call. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, although, yeah, it has to be. They they it has to be. Um, They're pretty similar spaces. Y- yeah. yeah uh, but as I said, like this has matured further in his body of work. Uh, during an interview with H three H three H three, Bob Burnham described. During his tours, when he was during his tours for Make Happy, when he was suffering from panic attacks and anxiety, uh, literally on stage, like he was like full blown having panic attacks during his concerts. Jesus. But because it's planned to the second, he didn't have time to have a panic attack, so he just played through it. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and so when he's traveling and on tour and stuff, he described visiting churches for solace and comfort, not because he's religious, but because they're just open to everyone and they're quiet spaces. Mm. Um, whereas his early work kind of targets the hypocrisy of the church and shit he seems to now see their like substantive value outside of religion which is kind of cool which for me with this film thinking about that theme it draws into sharp contrast social media as religion so here are some obvious parallels the film puts in place at church you're supposed to behave like you believe in god and people who are way too fundamentalist at church are always the weird ones where it's like people who are way too into god you're like okay chill out like all right see you later same with social media you're supposed to present a face online like you give a shit and that you're happy and like this is something that's part of your life that you value and it's like awesome. But people who are way too into social media, no one likes like Kennedy or like fake kind of right, yeah. cool people where you're like, yeah, there's a, um, in American Vandal season two, there's a character in that who has like the perfect social media account where it's like right. all the photos are beautifully Photoshopped and it loses a great life. Yeah. And everyone's like, what a fucking weirdo. Because like <laughs> there's any level of fundamentalism that's weird. And it seems to be the idea that, like, it doesn't matter what the venue is, whether it's religion or, like, sports or, like, dating or, like, whatever the thing is, Bo seems to understand that, like, any version of extreme fundamentalism creates, like, unhealthy performance cycles where everyone else is performing and they know it's a facade, but the people who are so fundamentalist don't realize it's a performance. And that, for me, is, like, kind of the social media as it's presented, right? So Kayla knows that she's performing when she does the YouTube videos, right? Yeah. And Bo, equally, when he was coming up, knew that he was performing because it was like he played up the gay thing. There's even that joke that he has in one of his stand-up specials where he's describing, he's like, you know, I was t- I was uh, explaining this joke to my dad um, and he said, Do you th- and he said, uh, you act too gay on stage and Bo goes, prove it. And he throws out confetti so from his pocket yeah. and he goes, you know, but that can't have happened because 
the conversation kind of happened without the joke so like that never happened that kind of level of like meta shit is what Bo's trying to say about like social media where if you're way too into it it's fucking weird people that understand it's a performance tend to be fine but as kids like you can't really differentiate i don't know that seems to me like kayla really struggles to understand where the two worlds end yeah especially sort of the the scenes like the wish the during the shooting drill where she's like oh you know just accidentally opened my dirty pictures book and it's like that kind of thing where it's just like you're actually kind of toying with things that are a bit you know a bit too real right you know like that's you know she she looks up blowjobs yeah it's like you know she she heard from someone that like oh you know he he wanted he wants someone who will share dirty pics so she's like aha uh-huh, i will i will use that to my advantage to get a boyfriend because that's the way to have a happy life where it's right. like that you know, it's like, but, possible. yeah but it's like you know you're actually doing it's a weird thing where it's like okay now you're actually doing things in the real world which most normal people would not do right but then to it's... chase something that will improve your life uh, in sort of the social media space is, well you know yeah, in the same so like, like performance bracket. What I don't know. Like, what the could word you that argue is. that she is like one of the fundamentalists? She yeah, but only because yes. Well, she's she's a she's a yeah, absolutely. I mean, like absolutely, the, even yeah. The, no, even totally. The, even the even the YouTube videos are like somewhat sort of like I don't know. Have you ever been to like I don't know? Did you grow up Christian at all? Uh, I went. Yeah, well, yeah. Or like religious at all? I don't know. So, you met my fucking parents. Yeah, you met my like, mother, man. Yeah, you know, ain't, yeah. no, ain't no Christian shit happening we, here. Yeah, like I grew up reasonably religious. Yeah, and you know, you'd go to. I went to church a lot because I yeah, like the songs. But like, I would go to like like Bible study nights, like sometimes. And the her her YouTube videos really remind me a lot of like some people who you would you know you'd. People who from like Sunday school who are like your age, you talk to them sort of like outside of the church yeah. setting or at least outside of like the Bible, be quiet, shut up, read the Bible setting. And like they're just normal kids who play video games and don't Chill swear because yeah. they'll get beat by their parents if they swear. You know, it's like standard stuff. And and you put them in like the situation where it's like, all right, now it's your turn to read this uh, fucking verse from the Bible. Yeah. And they like they switch on. And but, they turn yeah. into like this mini pasta. That's what I mean by that performance. Yeah, um, but it's but those like these kids were getting like for all intents and purposes, these kids were indoctrinated. Like right, but, like I would get asked to read a thing, I'd be like, yeah, man, man. Just, I, you know, I was like, I just read it. Like, right, but is but but if if they're switching off, these when were they like leave. they they would switch off, but they were still like they were constantly surrounded by it to the point where. That wor- it almost yeah. feels like that worries me. Where they when they weren't at church, that was the performance. Because I, you know, I was a rowdy kid. Like I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, like I was, I was a bit of a rowdy boy. And, we you do know- this for fun. Yeah. This is like so. Like that's the kind of when- people we are. <laughs> so you know, I would talk to them and like, you know, I would always think that they were a little weird and a little, you know, a little a little Bible bashy because yeah. they were. And it was always like it always felt like they were most comfortable making at- these. Doing, you know, doing okay. this Bible shit. But I, th- I think that's social media. I totally agree. That's social media too, though, right? Where it's like in that performance space, you don't have to worry about your anxieties because all you're worrying about is how other people are viewing you, right? Yeah. Because and, 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 like you're in control of that. So, you... so when when Kayla's making the videos and it's pretty explicit that she's sort of almost channeling her video making, although it's like, I guess one question is is 
the probably the most explicit bit is where the vid- the one of her videos where she talks about like a you know inviting a weird kid over who ended up being pretty cool which is obviously about herself and b was just like oh you know just the fake it till you make it kind of one you know whether that was filmed before or after you'd assume after or before uh the why i assume that the one where she's talking about the weird kid that goes to the party was filmed before Film before, yeah, because she's trying to talk us. All, all the videos are her trying to talk herself into doing something. Yeah, it's so, like self coaching. So then is is so then her being sort of like in the real life isn't that more the performance? Because then it's like yeah. okay, I've talked myself into this. Now it's time to yes. fake it till I make it. But for yes, because for her, social media and real life have become one and the same performance, right? So one of the things that Mark tries to do throughout mm-hmm. the film is like disengage her from the phone. But what what he's not real so. You know that scene when they're in the kitchen having dinner the first time (laughs) and she keeps going back to the phone? Yeah. When she takes off the headphones and disengages, she's like, in his head, because this is what boring grown-ups do, Mm. which I'm, this is in my head as well. This is the way I do it. Is when I put my phone down, I'm like, it's all that shit's done. Like, like I'm, I'm in whatever moment I'm in or I'm thinking about writing something, but I'm not like in social media anymore. But when she puts the phone down, She's still in that performance space of social media, which is like, well, I need to get back to it because I need to keep performing. Yeah. And the only time that she's not in that performance space is either that scene with Mark or when she's having, she's hanging out with Gabe. Uh, was that the kid's name? Um, yeah, Gabe. Because he accidentally says Gab. That's right. And then which is all very caps funny. says, Gabe, that's what I meant. You're yeah. like, that's such a, such a classic social media thing. Shout outs uh, when I, when I'm, whenever I'm in, in Melbourne and hang out with Gabe. Um, everyone else calls him Gab, but I call him Gabe and they get very confused. <laughs> Um, so shout out to Melbourne for all you weird artists calling people Gab instead of Gabe. Um, I, I guess it is, it's Gabriel, not Gabriel. Gabriel the angel, not Gabriel. I don't know. doesn't matter. You know, I, I think you're right though. There, there is something to that. And I wanted to, I, now I'm thinking about it, like chewing it over. I wanted to, if the, the social media itself is where, like she's most comfortable in that, which I, and I think you're right. There's, there is definitely a parallel with the minute that she's in real life, that's more of a performance than the YouTube videos. So I wonder if for her, the YouTube videos is the self that she wishes she was. Yeah. But can't be. And then the, the social media well, is the performance of what she ex- what she thinks people expect her to be. Well, I think the it's pretty explicit that the YouTube self is like what she wants to be. In the video where she's talking about like, oh, you know, I'm, I can't be giving, I don't think I can be giving, inf- the you know, uh, advice because mm-hmm. I'm pretty nervous myself. Like I think it's pretty explicit that she wants, she wants to be sort of yeah, this, well, like she, she wants to be Olivia. Yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, which is nice. Like I like that that relationship didn't end terribly for those two. Mm. Well, and it didn't go well. In general, didn't go but. amazingly, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I would love to. Um, if you're listening or watching this, I would love to kind of find out like what. Yeah, what was your guys reading on like which parts of performance, which parts aren't? Because I think that you know Bo Burnham talks about. The, you, obviously in that, at the end of make happy when he says like you should try and live without performing um you know he's basically he's saying like you should not perf- if, if you cannot perform you should do it because then you're actually present and i think that in this film to kind of put it all into a package and try and like understand what it's trying to say it's hard to perf- it's hard not to perform if you're on social media and everyone expects you to be to be performing always yeah. and that means that when you are genuine people still assume it's a performance and that's why that you feel anxious around olivia because you assume that's a performance and that's why like the thing with riley is so fucking creepy because it feels so genuine mm. and that's why kayla's repeat of the cycle feels so 
so crushing and so like uh, uh well not crushing but like it feels very helpless you can't it feels like you're never going to escape that cycle is because it doesn't matter what you do everyone is going to assume that if you're happy or you're doing these things that you're performing so why not perform and convince them of that right and i think the takeaway from the film is everyone assumes you're going to be performing always so just do you and like everything else will work itself out and the anxiety is part of life and i think that like if if more films dealt with it in such a delicate way then i think maybe there would be a better understanding across like the spectrum and the the board of like what it means to be young and and be on social media and yeah i think for me this film has really just like it's done a weird thing for films that are going to be set in like school environments because like this is probably like the closest sort of rendition of like this is how young people actually use social media now like it's it's near constant so like if like if you're trying to do you know like a coming of age kind of story it actually has to be a really big part of it and like it's it's its it's, own setting it's a weird we're in a weird point where it's like yeah like a coming of age story needs to have instagram although it needs to have dick pics it needs to have uh, Twitter stalkers. It needs to have people sliding into the DMs. It's just the fact of life That's now. That's just life, baby. Although, you know, I, I think it just it replaces the setting of old films. Where it was like, let's go hang out at the 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 water tower, or let's go, you know, like well, it, that seventy show. Repl- they go yeah, hang out it replaces like the like the with like in Donnie Darko when they're like drinking at those weird couches in right. the middle of bumfuck nowhere. But one of them is like five people, and the other one is everyone ever. For the whole of history. Yeah. And that scope change <laughs> yeah. is horrifying. And I think if the response to that is anxiety, then that's probably justified. Uh, but it's that time of the week. Do you have any recommendations? No, for... not at all. None at all. We've been we've been busy. Again, we've been busy boys. Um, Don't have anything. No, you got nothing? No, um, nothing. The only recommendation I have is like that second Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Fucking hot, dude. Oh, I've, been, I've been watching the, uh, the Shane Dawson documentary series that's on at the moment. Um, i've uh laura's put me on there's these youtubers they're like makeup youtubers and they're australian but they do a series where they will take makeup and just destroy it it's incredible um sometimes for like the purpose of like measuring like how much you actually get so they'll they'll like weigh the package then remove the makeup and then weigh it again see how much you actually get uh but usually just to fuck around and destroy some makeup and it is horrendously good to watch like they'll they'll sort of they'll do the thing where it'll like they'll cut around the edge of like a disc of stuff and it'll like pop out perfectly and it's like, it's just so satisfying. It's very satisfying. Yeah, it's called the it. makeup breakup and it is, mm, it's good. It does sound delicious. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the last bit of the show where you do the thing that you do, uh, I just wanted to say that if you're listening to this or watching it after the fact, uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can watch this. Uh, you can watch the post show, which we're about to do. Um, or if you just watch this live by going to our YouTube channel, you can also catch the post show there. Those are the only places you can get it. Um, but that being said, where can people find us on the <laughs> internet? Facebook. Facebook. Oh, no. The, DCM- the, the first horseman of the apocalypse, Facebook. At DCM Work Social. The second horseman of the apocalypse, YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMworks. The third one. Oh, I'm going to stop doing this. Twitter. <laughs> At DCM on school. Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash DCMworks. I was ready for you to do it. No. Patreon.com slash DCMworks. I was, I was worrying. I was just like, how many horsemen I, are there? There four. are four. Yeah. So well, there's four things. The weird thing is you've, we've been doing this for nearly over three, actually just over three it's years. It's been a while. And you don't do them the same order every week for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I do. Do you? 
Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Patreon. Well, it's an week, order. Last week you panicked and did Patreon first. Up. It's an order of importance. Yeah, the Patreon's... least important Facebook, most important Patreon. I, I do it for you, actually, David. That checks out. Yeah. <laughs> that, if you think about it for more than eight seconds, and it always leaves because you always spend fucking ages talking about Patreon. Well, I'm, so I'm not going to do, do it last. this week. Oh really? So, yeah, go fuck okay. yourself. Sweet. Um, I'm going to talk about my book though because we got the. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Can't fucking get away from these plugs. It's plugs uh, everywhere. So we finalized the like a very weird bath. It's just plugs everywhere. Continue. <laughs> like a bath with too many holes. <laughs> yeah. It's a bucket with holes in it. Okay. Yep. Uh, we finalized the print of the book. It's a beautiful little uh, size now. It's fantastic. Uh, we got the it's right little, colors. Little baby the right boy. Print. It's beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. If you want to buy a copy, you can go to maynardtrig.com. Uh, it is excellent. If you want to buy the ebook, uh, I mean the physical book. <laughs> it is excellent. It is excellent. David. Put that on the back. Uh, <laughs> the author. If you want to buy the ebook, you can get 15% off by using the offer code AFAPOD at checkout. And we've just lowered all of our standard shipping to $7 worldwide. So no matter where you live in the world, if you buy the physical book, uh, the paperback copy, you can get it shipped to you for $7. Um, don't know how that works, but I got an email from Standard Retail being like, you're welcome. And I went, oh, all right. Okay. Um, so that's done. No skin off my back. You can do that, manotrick.com. Uh, and if you're a Patreon, there is also a uh, offer code uh, when you are a Patreon to get a 10% discount on any, like your entire checkout of your purchase. But if you want to follow us individually, I'm at DCMIHatePie. I'm at Literal Citrus. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.